it's Jess coming in with this week's trigger warnings. <laughs> um, I promise that the next few episodes have nothing to do with horror movies or gore or even gender theory. I know, like I, I, I've realized that I really pick these papers because of my own personal interests. So um, this week, John and I talk about uh, sex and violence in films. We talk a lot about the Saw series and the Saw traps specifically. So, I mean, that gets really gory and really disturbing. And when we talk about um, sex in films, we go into detail about sexual scenes in films and also uh, violent sex in films as well. But yeah, I promise the next few episodes are like, have nothing to do with death or gender theory or gore so um there you go <laughs> enjoy i'm jess fisher and this is the best paper i ever wrote how do you usually start these things um i say what date it is what's today's date the sixth I don't know. Yes, it is the 6th. Okay, cool. Sunday. Okay. Why do you say the date? Because um, we can we sometimes talk about like current events. Um, but this will be coming out in like the end of December. Right. January. I know, but like even when I'm talking with Marshall, um, which is the like third episode, it was before the election. Oh. And so when we were talking about like scary movies and the purge, like it has to be reflected to like the current. Okay. Know? Yeah. It's your show. You do your thing. Yeah, it's my fucking show. Um what what's today's date? The sixth. Okay. <laughs> Hi. I am Wait, I was ripping paper. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. Um Hi, I'm Jessica Fisher. Um oh no, you should introduce me. Okay, but do you have any, like, sort of... Right, you haven't heard an episode. Because they haven't been out yet. No. Right. Um, you say... The rumble in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> like, hi, I'm John Morgenstern, here with my guest today, who's usually the host, Jess Fisher. We're joining us from my parents' closet. Now you... <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just say that? Because it's fun. Do it. <laughs> Why don't you do it? You're still... Because okay. it's funny. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Hello. My name is John Morgenstern. Don't laugh at my... <laughs> when I immediately start. I'm new <gasps> at this. Hi, guys. I'm John Morgenstern. Um, this is my first recording. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first recording, and I'm joined with the host... Of best paper I ever wrote, Jessica Fisher. Hello. Yay. Hello. And we're recording on a screen for the first time. Live from my dad's closet. <laughs> John, if we were to have a talk show, what would we call it? In this closet. During quarantine. Going back into the closet. Oh, that's good. I think that that's that is pretty good, yeah. Cause yeah, you're in your you're in your parents' closet right now. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's really deep on multiple <laughs> levels. Yeah. You're over here in your parents' closet, absolutely. Hiding, Hiding. and talking. Right. Anyway, <laughs> why don't you tell us uh, about the paper you brought in today, Jess? Oh yeah, okay. 
Um, we wanted to do a little switcheroo today because um, well, one of our guests is a bit delayed. Um, so we wanted to have a bit of a backlog so that as we head into the holidays, we have extra stuff in case we It is December clothes. 6th. <laughs> <laughs> it is December 6th today. Um, and it's uh, at least right now what we're looking at is like we're headed toward a deeper quarantine than we have been in. Yes. Um, like it was kind of like, OK, maybe outdoor dining is OK. Maybe going to a gym is OK. And now it's like, nope, nothing is OK anymore. Yeah. And like maybe nobody should go home for the holidays. And so that's where we are right now. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it definitely feels like quarantine part two. It really does. The squeakle. Yeah, the squeakle. Um, John and I were quarantined in New York as well. Um, and that was, uh, arguably worse, much, much yes. less space. Yes. Much worse. And now we're in Arizona where no one cares. So where no one cares about what? About restrictions. Oh, well, yeah. 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 But there, so at least there's scary. more space in the space that we're in. So we can like yeah. give each other more space. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except we choose to be inside the closet recording. I just noticed there's a crucifix. <laughs> Behind the camera. Did that bug no, you? no, it just scared me. <laughs> we're talking about being in the closet in my childhood oh, and then a crucifix yeah, that shows works. up. Um, oh yeah. The holidays. We have holiday cups. It's funny because this episode will probably air in like January or February, maybe. It's like Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Or happy holidays to hit a broader audience. <laughs> happy snow times. Happy... <laughs> Hello, Santa. <laughs> Hello, Santa question mark? Um, okay, so the paper I brought in was from writing the essay, which was, as I talked about in the preview episode, a class that all NYU students have to take. And I think in Tisch you have to take it for two semesters, whereas everyone else you, have only, you only have to take it for one. Yeah, it's a full year. Yeah, because we're like an arts school and they want us to be, I don't know, artsy or something. And so uh, I think this was my second semester and I wrote a paper on the MPAA, the Motion Picture Associations of America, specifically of America. That's important. Um, and it's um, differences in rating violent films versus sexual films, like sexual content versus violent content. Um, and the I wrote it in 2016, so that's the context for the movies that we're talking about and whatever current events have happened since. Um, and the paper was called, I can watch a man cut out his own liver, but I can't watch lesbian sex. Uh, which I think so I, angsty. It's so it's so sophomore year of college, <laughs> and I like I think I had no actually it was freshman year. I don't even think I was out yet, so I was just like a little ball of anger that I was like, "You won't let me watch lesbians." My mom didn't let me watch its movie. Right in one paragraph, I talk about how I was like shunned out of the room during the Black Swan scene. Yeah, shunned is the word. And I think I used the word shunned. And I when I read that, I was like, "You're just mad you didn't get to watch Girls Kiss." Like, <laughs> you were just like. <laughs> <laughs> this Jeez. isn't about like anything about the movie ratings you're just like an angry queer <laughs> um but yeah i i uh, compare um the the major comparisons in the in the paper are here's some paper asmr because i have it out um are the uh the saw series like all of the saw movies mostly i concentrate on the saw trap scenes and uh, the blue is the warmest color sex scenes because all of the Saw movies, which I think I want to say there's like six of them now, or maybe five. I have of no them. clue. Could you look that the up Saw for movies? Me? Sure. Yeah. Um, 
the second one through the most recent ones were directed by my good friend, not my friend at all, but I've talked to him on the phone, Darren Bousman. Nine. There's been nine Saw movies? That's what it says. Yeah, nine. Okay, maybe Darren has only directed like three of them. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I I could, uh, that'll be a whole other podcast episode, but I, I paid a About lot Darren of About Darren Bousman? Yes. Because I paid a lot of money for him to torture me over the course of a month. Yes. Yeah. That was a fun time. <laughs> um, look up One Day Die or what was uh, The Tension Experience, which was the in-person version of it. Wait, okay, so Saw, all the, so the Saw movies are rated R. Blue is the Warmest Color is rated NC-17. And I was like, why, how do we determine what is okay for kids to watch and what is not okay for kids to watch? Violence is okay for kids to watch. Specifically, consensual lesbian sex is not okay for kids to watch. But certain types of sex are okay for kids to watch. Like, like, degradation sex. And, and like, because <laughs> um, I talk about Fifty Shades of Grey, and that's all rated R. Even though it has um, more sex in the movie and more nudity in the movie. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I basically talk about, like, America's fear of homosexuality in general including like women enjoying each other without the male gaze involved and well um i don't know like the listeners but all the movies you've mentioned so far i've not seen i've not seen them either so why can you (laughs) describe some of those torture things oh you want to oh absolutely yeah you like the section of well just to give some context of like what we're talking about okay all right so um i looked up the clip Top 10 Saw Traps. I have not seen all the Saw movies. I've probably seen the first, like, three or four. Um, and as of 2016, that video, Top 10 Saw Traps, I think it was, like, a top... It was, like, a Mojo's Top 10 movie. I mean, video. I can't talk. Um, and it had... It probably has about 10 million views as of today. So... And anybody can watch it. It didn't have, like, a... You must be 18 year older to watch this at the time of viewing it. Um, Okay. Did YouTube even have those restrictions at that point? I think they did in 2016. Because hmm. I mentioned that it doesn't have that. That some videos have an inappropriate content warning, but this one didn't. Right. This Watch Mojo video. Um, so uh, a saw trap is this thing where um, a man named John Kramer captures men and women and places them in traps, which is a puzzle of some kind that involves problem solving to get them out alive. It usually gets them out alive like if you can survive it you're like half of a person or like all your blood yeah you're pretty messed up or like your hand is gone so um one clip in this youtube video this is from my paper shows pints of sacrifice from saw five a man and a woman must fill up a beaker of 10 pints of blood together to escape room they place their hands in a chamber that cuts their arms in half long ways slowly going from in between two fingers toward the elbow Blood does not gush out, but instead sprays and waves. <laughs> sprays and waves. I love. I love that I wrote that. That's really. I'm a writer. Um, a blade is seen to cut deeply into one of their arms. Another clip shows the needle pit. This is the one that gets a lot of. Wait, I have a question about yeah. the slicing one. Uh-huh. So it's slicing like down. Yeah. Okay. So it's between these two fingers. The middle finger and the ring finger. Yes. 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 Thank you for clarifying. Um, and it's like this. Con- it's like this glass contraption, and it's this like. Yeah, it's literally sawing it... Like a meat cutter. Like a meat cutter. Up into Just the elbow. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, when it's long ways, that's really dangerous with the blood. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's making me think of uh, that candle guy from Beauty and the Beast. Why? I don't know. Like, you put a candle in there afterwards. Because you have, like, a like a split, so you could, like, put something in there. <laughs> so you have a 
imagine yeah, like Luke Hair just like I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my brain went. Hey, there's a benefit, an extra figure. But it's like so I think the the concept of the trap was that like if both of them do it, they both can get out alive, but like just barely. But if one of them does it, one can get out like completely healthy, you know. They like you they both had to do it to both get out alive. Mm. So I think I think what happens is one of them does it and the other one like moves their hand in all the way so they sacrifice like so they kill them yeah. they don't sacrifice no i mean sacrifice is the guy for right the, for the thing yeah i see um and most people hate the needle pit that's like yes yeah, How, yeah. Do you, did you ever see that one um i've seen well there's different variations of there's the needle pit? yeah there's one where it's like reaching in i think a toilet that's filled with yes, needles yes for a key. yeah so this one is um uh, a girl is thrown into a pit of used syringes in order to find a key. The needles visibly plunge completely into many areas of her body as she fi- uh, frantically struggles to dig through. That one is really bad. Um, I actually watched a bit on how they did it. It's all these like really like jiggly. Like, oh, they're like the rubber? They're all rubbery, hmm. needly things. And they had all these, you know, puncture things that they had to attach to their skin. It was really cool to watch. Um, then there's the scalping seat from Saw 4 which wrapped a girl's hair into a series of gears that slowly pulled her hair and her and her scalp from her head. She struggled and screamed, and the edge of her scalp pulled slowly as blood gushes down her face and squirts outward. So also, what's, what's the point of that one, though? You just I get guess, your scalp? So you that just was get a, scalp? a criticism of the later movies, is that they were a lot less about, like, co- like you know, figuring out puzzles and a lot more about just the traps just and, torture, like, weird torture ways porn. to kill people. Yeah, exactly. Um, another in Saw 4, the mausoleum trap opened with a man with his mouth sewn up, chained to a machine with another man with his eyes sewn vividly up, also chained to the machine. (laughs) Right. It's like, what's the point of that? Um, the most disturbing in my opinion is the clip from Saw 6, a pound of flesh where a man and a woman have to cut off parts of their body to compete with one another. Whoever cuts off the most weight in flesh gets the trap on their head turned off. Uh, the trap slowly screws large cylinders into their temples. Um, and then I do talk about their the, the parts of their body they cut off, ambiguous organs, and, you know, flesh from the stomach. And uh, I'm in the end, neither of them are successful, and the audience sees the cylinders drill into their skulls. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty gruesome. Yeah. yeah. So, and also, as I said, it's like, the first saw is very um, like there's definitely some disgusting torture in it, but it's very psychological. It's like mostly two men in a room like discussing things, and then the rest of them just dive divulge into like deeper and deeper of just like let's just see weird ways to kill people right. in really really gruesome ways because it was like oh people like traps we will give them traps and that's why people see the saw movies as really base but either way nine movies and there's a roller coaster based off the saw series. Not that anyone was riding roller coasters right now, but like it's an extremely successful series. So it's like right. the the thing works. The American public likes to watch this shit. Yeah, I don't get it. I I've, I've never watched any of this. You never song. watched them? No, I'm not a big torture gore person. Well, you're not. You don't like scary movies that much, anyway. Well, I like I like paranormal stuff. Right. I like ghosts. You don't like gore. No, not really. Yeah, so let's talk about sex now. Sex! Because <laughs> my stomach's turned. <laughs> That's gruesome. Well, you asked for it. I know, I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, it's really gross. I remember um, in class, 
you were we had a presentation day where we showed like our resources and I was like, all right, so uh, this clip, this happens. Um, can I play it? And then the teacher was like, show of hands. And everyone was like, no, nobody <laughs> wanted to see any of the clips that I brought in. <laughs> right. Well, fun, fun story for us is our teacher. Well, not our teacher, um, but oh the God, studio Janelle. head. Yeah, she is in one of the Saw movies as like one of the victims. One. I couldn't tell you either. There's a really funny uh, video of our classmate Luana, like watching it and just yelling, Janelle! <laughs> <laughs> Because I think she's getting killed in the scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's definitely screaming. That's what I remember. <laughs> Janelle, Act. who's... Act. Act. <laughs> who's, like, really one of the most supportive women, like, people that I've ever encountered. Like, yeah. post-grad, still Very being nice. extremely supportive and, and wonderful. Um, so, what, are we talking about sex now? Sure. Um, well, I... <laughs> it sounded Just like talk- I wasn't excited. <laughs> 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 well, talking about that, uh torture stuff um and in school uh since i went to catholic school like in high school okay we all watched passion of the christ right which is yeah like the full movie which is right it's pretty rough it is um oh, i mean obviously so like people had the opportunity to exit the room if they wanted to but like it was there was never a question about whether or not we were going to watch it mm. like it was being played and no um, parents will ever have an issue with that well i don't i don't think like parents were even notified about that i mean I remember when it first came out, like what we were in like elementary school, middle yeah. school, like that transition era. Um, and kids were watching it with their parents. Yeah. I've which is it. so bonkers. Mm-hmm. I keep fucking hitting the mic. <laughs> yeah. I should swear. Well, I, oh no, it's, I, I swear a lot. In okay. It. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, in my, in the episode with Miranda, we talk about like chopping dicks off and like blood and, and, the <laughs> Jesus. and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't all torture? Does every every episode involve torture? A lot of them do. Um, so let's see. Uh, oh, so so Catholicism, right? But then, okay, yeah. <laughs> Catholicism. <laughs> well, okay, you can talk about American values, which are often like uh, Christian, Christian, Christian values, and like this is a Christian country. This is a Christian country, but like I mean, and like in in I would argue in Catholicism Christianity well I would say specifically Catholicism that like there is a really like glorification of like the you know the the torture of Christ and like you see like they want you to see like the uh the pain on his face and all the sculptures and everything and his rippling abs his rippling abs which is a <laughs> whole other thing maybe it's the combination there they they want to do sex and violence all at once I don't know well, I mean, priests are just thinking about it all day, I guess. <laughs> but it's like they, they it's almost like they uh they revel in the grotesqueness of his cuz I mean it's very human, it's like the body, you know. That's like the the point of it. But like yeah, you're in you're in church and you're staring at his like really really horrifying face and Yeah, he's not he's not having a good blood. time. No. Not um, across. So it's like there there's an argument to be made about like the comfortability we're supposed to have with violence like a catholic or a christian not catholic country but christian country mm. um there's i didn't put this in my paper but there was a lot of things i read about that it was like american values encourage um comfortability and desensitization desensitive whoa now <laughs> desensitization no desensific fuck um desensitizing desensitizing of uh violence and gore to encourage like war and like people wanting to be soldiers and 
Oh, like so this is way. like like some top level like manipulation. Is that what you're saying? That's there were some papers that said that and the conspiracy theories. No, there was like academic oh. papers. Oh, yeah. okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's I mean, but I I kind of buy that. <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm saying like it's it, it could be a little bit more subliminal than like right. Let's let's have young boys watch violent movies. Let's make them rated R and sex is right. 17, so boys want to fight. And boys are comfortable with violence. Right. I mean, there's that whole argument, too, with video games, too. Yeah, right. Like, um, glorifying being a soldier, like, in a right. in a war zone. Right. So, yeah. And and that kind of brings me to... I'm not saying video games cause violence. <laughs> no, the, <laughs> that this is, is just that the is not argument true. that exists. Yes. Um, right. So, that, that also brings me to, like, what type of sex is okay to be seen... And like, mm, yeah, are <laughs> yeah, and mm. like, is is the movie meant for the male gaze mm. like, traditionally? Because like, in theory, if we're glorifying violence, that would be like the male soldier. Yes, women are soldiers, but like, right. not as much. I mean, and like to that argument, um, now too, like we're talking about because I guess we're kind of tying it back into the mm-hmm. paper now, um. You talk about the audience of mm-hmm. these movies and how the classification boards are based off of the like white family model, white middle class family. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you think about like movie sales and like how the typical nuclear family has been, or at least had been for like, you know, however many years, they were trying to get the the husband, I guess, to take the family to the movies and to pay mm-hmm. for them. So I could totally um, like see that argument that like movies were created for the male gaze and mm-hmm. they've we've gotten used to it does that you make think sense i know i understand what you're saying like yeah. that's like that's kind of the model that it's been based off of and so it's been slow to break right you know it's funny i've i've read other things about um that the consumer not not the viewer but the consumer the buyer yeah the american household buyer is the mom and they're marketing to the <clears> mom so that's that when you're saying the, the the husband is bringing the family, because I'm literally imagining nuclear white family. Yeah, I'm thinking like 50s, right. like drive-ins. Yeah, I guess it could be the husband but, deciding what movie they go to. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> One thing about like the Bond but, movies, well, everybody likes a Bond movie. Right, but I'm thinking again too, like now now that you say like it's about like the mom buying mm-hmm. stuff, like that makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, It was like the... Like, but that's still like conditioning a... the subliminal of like what we all want, are okay with seeing. Like everybody's more okay with seeing a pair of boobs than a, than a dick on screen. Right. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Because I mean, I think like that's okay. That's what I'm saying. That it's that the that the viewer is meant to be the hetero middle class straight male. Like. Right. But why? Know. But then the, why is the consumer then? the like middle class suburban mom. I don't know. <laughs> I have not maybe, an argument. Maybe there. maybe they're all just secretly maybe trying to see some wants boobs. To see some boobs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so like we were we, I was just saying before when we were doing like our prep for this that um how like John and I watch have been watching a lot of TV and movies. <laughs> doing our patriotic duty right doing now. Doing our patriotic <laughs> duty of staying home and watching a lot of Breaking Bad. And Gilmore Girls. There's not been boobs in Gilmore Girls. Um, I don't think there will be. I don't think there will be boobs in Gilmore Girls. Uh, 
what did we see most recently that there were boobs in? Um, love Actually. Oh, love Actually. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We were like, I was like, are those boobs? Yeah. I was like, yes. <laughs> those are. <laughs> those are in fact boobs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, there, there's a there's a sense of familiarity with uh, seeing women naked in movies rather than men naked. And um, in fact, the MPAA added a separate rating for male nudity after uh, Bruno because apparently people, when they saw nudity, they were like, oh, boobs. And then they saw Bruno and it was like, ah, yeah, that's a dick, you know? And so they needed to have a whole other rating for male nudity. All the while, well, nudity was just, is just female nudity. They just don't add the word. Right. Well, I don't even think there's penises in Bruno. You don't think there's penises No, because they have the whole bit with the um, sensor thing. Like the little black the... bar is, like I in those movies. Bruno. Oh, like in Borat and Bruno, there's male nudity. But it's covered by um, one of those like black sensor bars, and oh, it like it? flops with it. Oh, like, that's, that's really funny. Yeah, that's like the bit. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty sure in the it's in the opening dick. of Bruno, yeah. But it is a very famous, like hilarious or I comical gay sex scene, which I thought was interesting because we were also talking about how I don't think there's any comical lesbian sex scenes. Right, in but there's plenty of comical male on male sex scenes. Can you think right. of a few? I can't think of many. Um, well, I think there's well, plenty I of... mean, Bruno's the big one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's actual comical sex scenes, but like gay men are always kind of the joke well, yeah. um, of things. And so I think that I just translates. Well, yeah. Yeah, duh. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> no. Um, but I think that that's why it just translates easier to comical gay sex scenes. Because they're like shoving champagne bottles in each other's ass and like <laughs> pouring it by holding like the guy. Um, it's pretty funny. Really? <laughs> yeah, I seen... yeah, That's no, a, it's that pretty funny. Pretty funny. Exactly, but there's no lesbian because <laughs> lesbian sex isn't funny. Lesbian sex is hot. Like that's unless sexy. It's, unless it's not. Unless it's not. Which is blue is the warmest color. Oh wow! Let's get into that. <laughs> so okay, wait, wait, let's see where I where I talk about it. Okay, uh, the MPAA rated the film Blue is the warmest color NC17 for explicit sexual content. The sexual content is rated ten out of ten on IMDb, which is ten funny. out of ten. <laughs> 10 out of 10 sex. 10 out of 10 sex. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see. You have to be 16 years old to watch the film in Argentina, Belgium, Quebec, Finland, Germany, the Netherlands, Portugal, Spain, and Switzerland. You have to be 15 to watch it in the Czech Republic, Denmark, Japan, Norway, and Sweden. You have to be 12 years old to watch the film in Italy. And in France, the film made $2.3 in the first weekend. That's French. That's French. <laughs> While it made 101000 in the United States. Because NC seventeen restricts most theaters from showing the film. Was the was it an American made movie? Blues and Wars, no, it was French. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's a French <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was no, like, no, wow, no, French but... just really bought the market on that well, what movie. Well, what I'm saying is like American values, right? right? So in France, it's like, yeah, let's see some 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 lesbian sex. You know what I mean? Right. Let's see a very beautiful, loving movie. It's it was it's still one of a very famous queer film, um, but in the United States. We deemed it as, like, porn, pornography. Why did I say like porn? <laughs> it's porn. It's smut. We, we they deemed it as like as smut. They deemed it as inappropriate for the viewer. They deemed right. it as inappropriate for for a seventeen year old person to watch. Well, NC seventeen means they can, but it's like rated. You know, if it's not rated R, if it's rated R, you can go to the movies and see it. Right. No, they don't even show it in the movies. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. 
So that's why it made so little in the U.S. Right. So, like, basically, the MPAA is saying the American values, which are, you know, the white middle class American values. Yeah. Don't want to see that shit. Mm-mm. We don't want to see that. Get that, that out of here. <laughs> Get that out of here. Um, and that's fucked up, too, because media also crafts society as well. Society. <laughs> media crafts society. Right. Like, so it's it's not just that, like, the MPAA reflects, reflects society, but, you know, what the MPAA also crafts society in some ways. I hate myself for that <laughs> sentence. But I mean, like, you, you know what I'm saying. Because it's right. like the Marvel movies, for example. Like, because of how uh, prominent they are and how many people watch them and they're in movie theaters and shit, that is extremely American. American, right. American, American. Um, and they and all those movies typically have the formula of, like, one super gory moment. Yeah? Well, like, any sort of action so. movie. Yeah, of course. Like, um, in Captain America, the first or the the first Avenger, I think, is the first movie. That's yeah. what it's called. He, like, pulls a guy out of a, like, airplane, and he gets, like, by the prop. Yeah. I don't, I don't um, really watch Marvel movies, so you're the Yeah, it's like, well, it's like the same model that, um, I don't know if it started with the James Bond movies, but that's how it, I, that's where I first encountered it, where the second in command is, like, the second to the last big fight, mm-hmm. and that person always gets killed in, like, an interesting, gruesome way. Oh, yeah. Huh. Trying to think of movies that push the boundary that was like oh like moonlight right so i'm thinking of like queer or maybe not even queer just a movie that was really big and and because it was so big it changed in theory people's perceptions right of things <laughs> okay <laughs> well because i'm like okay what if blue's warmest color was in theaters and then everybody saw it and and it was like hailed as like oh my gosh you have to see this like like moonlight was right mm, okay that makes an impact on what is normal i think in theory right well you can think about like shit's creek right you know that's not a movie but there's a loving gay couple in that show and there are so many moms who love shit's creek and there's i've been reading so many stories on twitter of people <laughs> like being okay with gay people now because of shit's creek yeah well specifically gay men Gay, well, gay men. Yeah. We're not ready. <laughs> We're, not, We're not ready. <laughs> yeah. No one's ready for We're the lesbians. We're not ready for lesbians. Except for, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that the happiest season, I think it's Yeah, called. that new Christmas movie, Kristen Stewart. Um, right. I don't know the name of the other actress. Arbor Plaza. Oh, is it her? Yes. Oh, I only saw like a half of one trailer, but my sister was talking about it. Yeah, I mean... It, I wouldn't I wouldn't call that show like let's all gather around the TV screen and watch that movie together right, kids mom right. dad I feel like it's for us and we're already cool with lesbians <laughs> <laughs> we're cool we're, we're cool with lesbians me I'm going on a girl date today wow <laughs> <laughs> that sounded so like Ugh. yeah it sounded so like me and the girls I'm an ally gonna, <laughs> me, me I'm a I'm an ally <laughs> jeez um. But yeah, so, so for, yeah, like if that movie, I mean, I don't know. That's that's assuming that people would even pay to see it in theaters. Well, people didn't really pay to see Moonlight in theaters. It didn't do until that it started well. winning, right? Or got nominated, but then I they guess. did, right? You well, know? that's the same thing with Parasite too. Like people didn't really. Well, I I don't know. That one came at a different time, um, and different subject where I felt like it was. Well, no, that's not to say that Moonlight didn't come at like a very opportune time as well. Right. Yeah. No, I. 
so yeah, I'm 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 saying that they're by restricting what movies are in theaters because of certain content and that content being queer, that's restricting progress. Like <laughs> mm. in like that that may be really I idealistic, but that's the theory that I was arguing in my paper. Right. Yeah. It's interesting too that I feel like most um famous queer films were not made in the US. What else, what else are you thinking about? Well, I think like Gio was Italian. Oh, really? I think. I could Look be. It up. You have your I phone. could be so wrong. I'm not a good queer. I don't watch of... any of these movies. <laughs> I haven't seen <laughs> any of these queer movies. Well, Black Swan was made in the US. Oh, yes. Let's talk about Woo! Black Swan for a bit. Black oh, Swan. Oh, my. Yeah, we were. I, I asked John to um, ask the question like, what is the most formative sex scene that you've seen in a movie? Um, mine was easily Black Swan. I was like, I was probably 14. And I think I remember my cousin saying, no, yeah, I was I was 14 or 15 and I was making a Black Swan costume for Halloween. And my cousin was like, what are you going to be for Halloween? And I was like, I'm going to be Black Swan. And she was a high school teacher. She's like older. Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes, you've seen Black Swan? And I was like, yes. And she was like, I can't believe, Dennis, you allowed her to watch that movie. Um, I love you so much. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Also, I was wrong. Gia was made in the U.S. I'm stupid. Okay, well. Oh, well. Your point is moot. (laughs) Um, And I was like, what? Just because I'm 14 or 15 doesn't mean I can't watch Black Swan. Just because there's girls having sex in it. But it's like, you know, maybe my family was a little bit afraid of me being gay. And that's, you know, was a valid fear because I (laughs) am queer. Um... But yeah, I was like obsessed with that movie. I would watch it like all the time. And I was like, I just reveled in that scene. But I mean, the whole movie is really good. The whole movie is a very, very good movie. Right. Uh, but yeah, I built a black swan costume from scratch and wore it to school. Wow. It was uh, really, really good. <laughs> it was. Yeah. No, uh, Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis were oh, both my man. celeb crushes at one point in my life. So Is Mila Kunis no longer your celebrity crush? I don't know. Like, maybe. I mean, she's still like insanely beautiful. Yeah. And is now a mom and married yeah. to Ashton Kutcher. Like, yeah. match was, made um, in heaven. There was, in our in our early days of friendship, we were in the same uh, senior song class. Oh, right. <laughs> and, <laughs> Forgot and John, about that. I, I want to say it was, like, one of the first weeks of, like, knowing you as a human. <laughs> um, he brought in, he had to sing uh, Unworthy of Your Love. Yeah, from Assassins. And so, John, um, wow, you're going to drink that much straight vodka. So... <laughs> It's water. For those listening, John just poured his water into a mug. Um, And so John brought in a picture of Mila Kunis to sing Unworthy of Your Love to. Yeah. And I thought it was the funniest thing It was a tasteful picture, too. It was her headshot. It was her headshot. Yeah, Yeah. it wasn't like a dirty picture. And I also, I remember um, the next time I, like, or the first time I went over your apartment because I was dating his roommate, I, like, saw on his wall that picture of Mila Kunis, like, framed. And it... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was so funny. I still have the picture. I don't know. Really? It's not hung up right now, but That's I still so have funny. it. Yeah. Um, what was your most formative uh, sex scene in a movie? So, <laughs> I was thinking a long time about this. And then, you know, I grew up in a Catholic school and my sex ed was, you know, pretty much non-existent um, and, you know, animal planet. That's where I kind of figured <laughs> things out. Um, Would you watch animals having sex on animal planet? Well, I mean, that's usually a part of most documentaries yeah. there's at least a part about the mating season because no, that's know, where but things were you get. like were you like huh 
No, yeah, seriously. Yeah, so was I. Yeah, no, that's when I, <laughs> that's when I realized how sex worked, watching fucking cheetahs. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Um, but the first sex scene or um that I really remember um this burned into my brain was the one in uh, Team America World Police. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh if you remember that of movie. Course I do. Yeah. My dad bought it from Blockbuster or rented it um because he saw it, it was puppets and he didn't know it was gonna be a bad movie. Oh that's awesome. Yeah. I wonder how many parents that happened to. I don't know. But it's just like naked puppets rubbing up against each other. And yeah. so that's for the longest time <clears throat> that's what I thought sex was, was just getting Wait, naked actually, and like rubbing up. Yeah. You didn't know it was like you didn't know I didn't know the... there's penetration involved. Wait, really? Yeah, no. When how old did you were you when you figured that out? Oh god, I don't know, but I watched that movie when I was like seven or eight. Like I was oh, very wow. young. The only other like sex scene I can remember is like one in like an alien movie, and, like not the alien franchise, right. but like she's like an alien and like eats him. I think. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Right. Yeah, yeah. I that's oh, that's so funny. I mean, I knew for, I knew like pretty young, like I was like six when I learned what sex was, like maybe a little too young. Um, because my because <laughs> my cousin, like I said something about like. Well, how do people not believe in God? If people, how would baby, how would that babies come from? And she was like, no. End all argument. <laughs> she was, she was like, um, the boy puts his penis in her vagina. And then I was like, oh. And like, <laughs> so I knew like, like starkly what sex was. <laughs> the scientific definition. The scientific definition of what sex was. Well, for men and women. For, you know. Right. For male and female. Sis. Right. Well, even you talk about this in, hmm? you. Th- I think in Blue is the Warmest Color, you talk about like the unrealistic sex positions that are depicted. Oh, yeah. Let me find that. Um, Yeah, because it's like in Blue is the Warmest Color, uh, the sex scenes are like very athletic and like unattractive and not meant for the male gaze. Like it's not really meant to be pornographic. Um, But in in like movies you know they do fucking reverse cowgirl they do all these different like it's it's for the male scissor till the cows come home right scissor (laughs) till the cows come it's scissor all the time (laughs) yeah yeah let me see if i can find that um i think that's the quote like (laughs) do i actually say scissor until the cows come home no no i wish you did that would have been amazing actually no but you talk about how they um scissor and do reverse cowgirl i don't how that's not two women doing that, right? Like, that makes even zero sense. Oh, yeah, no, it's her it's and her less... boyfriend. Okay, yeah. right. Um, yeah, she has she has a boyfriend in the beginning of the movie. And, oh. And, uh, yes, the next scene in the sequence shows her having sex with a male. Cowgirl position. No, it's cowgirl, not reverse cowgirl. Those are two different positions. So that is realistic, then. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, this is funny. Okay. <laughs> you were talking about but um you know i talk about um the the viewer of the film right arguably blue is almost color is meant for the for the female viewer um whereas most american movies are made for the male gaze right um g-a-z-e not g-a-y-s um for the male gaze <laughs> um, all right gaze let's go see this right, movie gaze, let's go see this movie are there any movies like that that are gay movies. All right, gays, let's go see this movie. Jeez, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I've never really hung out with a group of gay men. <laughs> be honest. Um, okay. I, I don't have that island or whatever. Right. Okay. So I talk about like I compare Blues to Miss Color a little bit to uh, Fifty Shades, <laughs> because like 
you know, uh, straight pornography's depictions of um, lesbian sex are like super duper like unrealistic, like scissoring, like reverse cowgirl. I think that's what you were getting at before. Right. Um, and uh, how in movies that depict sex in a more pornographic way, which is in theory for the male gaze, um, are totally cool. So that's, you know, Fifty Shades. Fifty Shades, uh, Magic Mike. Um, so <laughs> I talk about, like, is sex ever okay? I cannot fail to acknowledge the recent blockbuster, Fifty Shades of Grey, which, you know, was, this paper was written in 2016, so it was like a big deal. Um, so sex seems okay when it's uh, promoting abuse, stalking, degradation, and relationships. Fifty Shades grossed 166, 100, wait, 166 million. $167,230 in the U.S. and $571 million worldwide. Um, in a study at a large Midwestern university, it was found that women who read Fifty Shades had higher rates of eating disorders, and those that read all three were more likely to have participated in binge drinking in the last 30 days, which was associated with correlation with victim uh, violence victimization. Um, sex is okay, I, I go on to say, sex is okay when it's demeaning to women, involves violence, and is heterosexual. Sex is not okay when it's consensual and homosexual. The feminist argument here, in parentheses, which I agree with, is that something like Fifty Shades is fine because it involves a man taking pleasure from harming a woman, while Blue is not fine because it involves two women enjoying each other sexually without a man involved. Um, I think that's a Boom. pretty solid yeah. argument, actually. <laughs> Boom. Okay, 19-year-old <laughs> Jessica. I shouldn't laugh, but the statistic that they're more likely to binge drink just oh. makes me chuckle. Well, it's sad. It is. No, it's extremely sad. It's like sad. you're going to put, well, I, I mean, I can't really speak on it because, like, I'm, I'm a person who's, like, um, not been the nicest to myself in my life, but it's like... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, I can't just be, like, mean to these women right. for, like, reading these smutty books about a man hurting a woman. Because it's like, you know, also in, in porn and, and in general, um, women are very much encouraged to enjoy the submissive and the degradation role. Um, there's, like, you know, a lot to be said about, right. um, like, what we're supposed to enjoy. And so women being like, yes, I will enjoy this. And then they, like, drink a lot. And, like... <laughs> Sad. <laughs> and it was like the most it was the number one book it was the number one book over harry potter like, right that's insane, insane. and it, especially because i think like on the market side the demographics were like typically white middle-aged women right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so going back to our original discussion about the consumer oh like if they're buying this book and they're reading this book and then they they want to go see the movie it's yeah, very interesting. That is very interesting. I don't know what it means, but... Like, why do women want <laughs> want that? I don't know. The fantasy, maybe? Well, I mean, porn is all a fantasy anyway. Like, I mean, I don't... Maybe in my early days of watching porn, I didn't really... I didn't have sex, you know? I wasn't really sure what I wanted. What is this? Um, exactly. <laughs> like, now I think, like, I can realize that it's a fantasy, and while I may enjoy watching it in the moment, I know that I wouldn't enjoy that. Oh, I understand. Like in reality. Oh, okay. So it could be it could be a separation thing. Like right. women could read the book and be like, "I don't want to be, you know, whatever. I don't. I haven't read the book. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> no, we haven't seen any of the movies. <laughs> seen any of these movies? <laughs> read any of the books? <laughs> Nothing. That's funny. That's a podcast. <laughs> Let's debate about movies we've never seen. We've never seen. <laughs> Next, The Godfather. You haven't seen that? No, I haven't seen The Godfather. Oh. Um, is there violence in it? 
Yes. <laughs> and there's also sex. Oh, well. Wow. I know. That's why it's hailed as such a great movie. Because it does both. Both. <laughs> Volcano Los Dos. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Like, maybe you're reading it and you're like, I know that I don't want this to happen to me. But, like, there's a, right. there's a, a separation there. There's a well, fantasy there. But also, like, after the book came out and the movie, there was, like, a huge uptick in BDSM sales and yeah like starter kits and stuff no way yeah for sure wow um so people were like wanting to try it and i think they would try it i mean i don't know i don't know know if they continued with it but if it's like husky's thing like my wife keeps buying these books like (laughs) do you want this should i try it (laughs) (laughs) it's a hint terrified like (laughs) yeah that's funny yeah so i mean it provided and it normalized like that era that area of sex like the the bondage bdsm mm. we're like um, I, I guess our generation is much more cool with it and open with it um, right our parents generation has historically been not so yeah 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 exactly right i mean <laughs> i don't know where i'm going <laughs> i got okay. lost in my own um, train of thought <laughs> um i i so i also go on to say that just reminds me of like um you know, some people, if they think of, like, nudity in a movie, they think of that as low art. Or they, they it, there's, like, really, really um, over-the-top violence or gore that's also seen as low art. You know, historically, like, uh, fucking B-horror movies with just, like, really grotesque, like, concentrating right. on violence. It's either super low or, like, the highest art ever. Right. So I, I also brought into, um, into conversation 127 Hours. Because, like, I was just trying to think of, like, what's an example of, like, really um, visually disturbing gore in, like, a high art movie. Because I think that was nominated for Best Picture. Right. Stellar performance. Also, haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but I have. <laughs> I, I mean, I have seen the... I watched the scene where he cuts off his own arm. You're right, where it goes into that, like, ringing. Yeah, you've seen that scene? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only scene. Exactly, me too. Um, but it's really disturbing. It's a very disturbing scene. And, like, it is very gory. Um, so it's, like, you know, you, you can't really say, like, this movie is high art or low art because it includes violence or doesn't include violence or has sex or doesn't include sex, which is kind of, like, shut up in the air. Um, so Blue is the Worst Color being deemed as NC-17 is not necessarily saying that it's low art. It's just saying, like, this is art that you cannot see. Right. Like, you cannot view this Sounds art. a lot like fascism it to me. Sounds a lot like fascism <laughs> to me. That doesn't sound like my democracy. <laughs> <laughs> Not my America. Not my America. All right. What else? Is there anything else that we want to get through? Um, about? Well, I think it's like... In our, in our society right now, we're at an interesting crossroads where we have hopefully we all have the wherewithal to see these patterns and like see these structures in place that are not serving us anymore like this board um and like the idea of a white christian nation Mm. um i mean it's definitely coming to head and there's a lot of strong opinions on both sides but i think before like these conversations weren't even happening um Mm. i'm saying that specifically with the whatever mpaa mm-hmm. like i imagine it's pretty white yeah totally um, yeah yeah and the fact that like historically it's always been for the white suburban family and 
hopefully now that's starting to change there have there have been more movies um directly like for different audiences now mm-hmm. yeah i think about moonlight like that was after that was i that may have actually been 2016 so that may have been can you look up what that was yeah um you know maybe it was 2017 i think it was 2017 when it won um that was really big 2016 it was 2016 yeah no, I think when when it won the the award. Oh. I think that was February 2017. I mean, maybe. I I'm I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> that sounded like I was like, yeah, sure. No, 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 I was just like, then why didn't I bring it up in my paper? That's what I was getting at. Right. Uh, I don't know how to easily find that. Um and I am thinking about um the the Disneyfication of America. Of Disney, like, acquiring all of these different properties. 2017, yes. Oh, I Sorry, right. interrupted you. No, you're fine. Disney acquiring all of these different properties, being, like, Star Wars and, and the Marvel everything. And um, it's interesting to me that, like, you can... There's violence in all of those movies. There's PG-13 movies on Disney+. Plus. Um, but obviously, there's not going to be... Well, maybe I can't think of any sexual scenes in anything on Disney+. Plus. But um, there's definitely like that's violence. been made, like since the no acquiring no, I don't like know like that's on Disney. Plus. The one that immediately came to mind was um, like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Is there a sex scene in that? No, but he like flies away and then like this alien woman like comes out and she's like wearing his t shirt and he's like, oh, I forgot you were there. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's not like sex. That's just like something that'll no. go over the kids' heads. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, right, and it's like that's that's it's interesting to me that there. That there is violence and gore on Disney Plus, and there's not, you know, sex. Not, yeah. that, not that I'm calling for there to be sex on Disney Plus. <laughs> Bring sex to <laughs> Bring Disney. Sex to Disney Plus. <laughs> I mean, plenty of sexualization, though. I mean, there's sexualization in freaking everything. Right. There's sexualization in Frozen. Like. <laughs> in the AT&T commercials. In the AT&T commercials. Remember who you're fighting for. Oh, and I guess HBO. HBO in general has both plenty of sex and violence. Gay sex, heterosexual, I mean, gay sex, heterosexual sex. Yeah, okay, I was, I was going to say gay sex, homosexual sex. <laughs> um, it's, it's different. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> and uh, trans people and um, violence and all of that. Yeah, arguably always been on the forefront of yeah. media. Oh, totally. I mean, I was watching Sex in the City over the summer and I was like, holy crap, there is so much sex in this show. Yeah, so and boobs. boobs. Yeah. yeah, so many boobs. <laughs> So many boobs. Yeah. Is there ever a penis though? Not that I can think of. I don't. I don't think that there's ever. There's a, boy butts, right? Like for boy sure. Butts, but I don't think there's ever a vagina on Sex and Right. City. I mean uh, that. I don't think I've ever seen a vagina in a movie. Um. Uh. Wolf on Wall Street. There's a vagina. Well, they don't see like you don't see it spread eagle, but she's standing there full frontal. Right. 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 Yeah. But it's just like a shaven. Like it's just like a. Really, like, tied in a bow. <laughs> like, this is a vagina. Like, yeah. no, it's not. Like, <laughs> it's as, like, those little shine uh, sparkles on it. Yeah, it's got sparkles. Yeah. It's a Barbie vagina. It's just, like, like you know, smooth under there. Right. <laughs> God. Yeah, there's not, there's not, like, a, you know, vagina in a movie. No. No. Unless it's, like, educational. Right, unless it's... <laughs> <laughs> did you ever watch that? The Miracle, the Miracle of Life? Of course. You did? Yeah, okay. 
I don't I don't care about like the vagina part of it. Like you know, like vaginas come in all shapes and sizes. Right. Listen to me, John the feminist. <laughs> all vaginas are great and different. Wow, John, he did it. I know. Wow. <laughs> um, but the thing that weirded me out the most was the couple. Because they were super weird. He's like, weird. he's like humming to her like whale noises. Yeah, remember that? Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I remember that in Elf. They, they said like you can leave the room if you need to. Or yeah. Need to. Um, I'm pretty sure I watched. I was just like, Please. yeah. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was. You know was what rough. I think, which I may be right about, is that they want to scare you into into not having sex. Right. Right. By I mean, sure. It works right. for a little bit, for, <laughs> for like a week. And then you learn that women can choose to what they do to their bodies, right. and you're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have that. You have that conversation with your high school sweetheart. Like, you don't want to have kids, right? You don't have kids, right? Okay, cool. You're yeah. on the pill, right? <laughs> those don't those worry. Fun. I'm on the pill. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? I mean, when I was in school, we had to take care of robot babies. Which were oh, okay. the worst. They would cry at four in the morning. Like you had to bring them to school. You had to carry them around the, around at school. You get a grade. And then I looked into the robot babies, and it was uh, part of a company called Reality Works, which is an abstinence-only education tool. So I was like, it is called "quote unquote" Reality Works, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like they purposefully made these babies awful to take care of, waking you up in the middle of the night, you know, all right. that to scare you into not having sex. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty crazy. And it's public school. I didn't even go to Catholic school. Yeah, no, I didn't have to take care of a baby or anything. Wow. We just, you know, didn't get any sex education. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you still watched The Miracle of Life? Yeah, well, I mean, you learn the science of it and the biology of it. But, oh. You know, they didn't. They, we didn't get a banana condom demonstration. We actually did. We did get a banana condom demonstration. And I think we put them on uh, the banana. And... <laughs> and... Um, I'm pretty sure we had to do reports on STIs, so that's cool. Right. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, I think we had to do that. But even which is also abstinence in theory. You know, that's still like scary, scary, scary. Exactly, and it's so shaming. Like, imagine if like you were in high school uh, with with an STI. Yeah, yeah, and like that's something that you shouldn't be ashamed of. Right, right, and everybody's up there presenting like, oh my god. Yeah, all giggling and laughing. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that was would be horrible. Yeah. Huh. That's sad. Sex education is bad in (laughs) America. Sex education is bad. Oh, uh, what was I? Wait, there's one more thing that I wanted to wanted to bring up. Uh, where to go? Oh, I. You know what I remember? The first sex scene I've ever seen in the movie. Um, which other than like Austin Powers, which is like comedic sex scenes, I wouldn't really call that sex scenes. Like I would right. call it just him being silly. Um, the, I don't think they even have sex in those. No, but him being like you know taking off his clothes. Do I make you horny, baby? Do I make you horny, baby? The. Uh, um, switch. Uh, it's not switch. Um, uh, it's click. A, click. Click. The movie Click. That was the first sex scene I saw in a movie. What's the sex scene? Um, they show a shadow of him of him moving up and down. Mm. And um, he like fast forwards through it because like you know she like need, she takes longer. Right. So he fast forwards to her. That's funny. Finishing. Yeah. <laughs> That's. Ugh. Yeah, and Hell, so <laughs> they they show like the shadow going really fast. Um, and I remember watching it and being like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's a thing. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I also just remembered that in the first Iron Man, there is a sex scene. Is there? Yeah. He like takes home a reporter like in the first 10 minutes. No way. Uh-huh. He has sex with her. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, like a shot of like 
I think like the bed looking down and like you see clothes getting thrown off and like rummaging in the sheets. Oh yeah, I think that's so funny when you see rummaging in the sheets. It's like, is that really like how they? Because like, yeah. it's just like arms it's and the limbs Sims. going. Yeah, the Sims arms and limbs just like. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever have a chance, look up uh like when they're uh, they break the game and like go seen inside. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they look so scary. Yeah. <laughs> Any wrapping up points? Um, more lesbian sex in movies. Yeah, stop. Let's see some dick. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess, uh, um, stop regulating, stop, stop trying to, um, regulate what, like, human body things. Because it's like, you know, nudity isn't necessarily sexual either, so there's that. There's, right. That's a whole other argument as well, that, like, the body doesn't necessarily have to be sexualized. And even if it is, that's a whole other thing, and that's also okay. Um... I guess I guess my overarching argument is that the way we rate movies does a lot more than we think it does in crafting what is okay and crafting what we are comfortable with as a society. Right. If we can yeah. normalize like grotesque violence, can we at least normalize sex? Yeah, exactly. And the MPAA is broken. Yeah. There you go. We really made we really <laughs> did some today. Yeah, we made a difference. <laughs> we made a difference today. Yes. Um well, I've been John Morgenstern <laughs> interviewing the host of That's my favorite paper. <laughs> Let's try Best that again. Paper I yeah. ever wrote. Well, uh, I've been John Morgenstern uh, interviewing the host of Best Paper I Ever Wrote. Jess Fisher. Yay. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I sure had fun. So thanks for having me on, Jess. Oh gosh, I had uh, I had fun. <laughs> it sounds like I lied. <laughs> no, it was fun. It was fun. It was it was a fun variation from our usual sitting on the couch and watching way too much TV. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now let's go watch, watch some TV. <laughs> watch some queer movies so we know what we're talking about. Yep, sounds good. This podcast is produced by Hickory Playground, founded by Dylan Tashjian, Robert Fuller, and Jordan Maycant. Jordan is also our audio editor. Compositions are by Lucky Cerruti. Logos designed by Morgan Honeycutt. My assistant in research is John Morgan Stern, and our digital marketing specialist is Simone Elhart. Thank you so much for listening.